This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live, episode number 12. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside Trey Biddy and Danny West over on the team at Hogsports.com. The Arkansas Razorbacks rolled the tide last night. That's right. Arkansas beats the number six team in the country handily in Bud Walton Arena. We're going to talk about the Hogs thumping Alabama. We're going to preview another big game coming this weekend against LSU. We're going to take a look at what last night did for the Hogs in the big picture. We might even talk a little bit about Eric Musselman and the SEC Coach of the Year discussion. All that coming your way and a little bit more on Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody, before we get started, as always, want to remind you of the ways to watch and listen. You know the drill by now. You can subscribe to our Hog Hoops Live YouTube page. Go back and check out all the videos after they're posted. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Make sure, if you haven't already liked our Hog Sports page on Facebook, that you go ahead and do that. I do want to touch on one thing real quick before we get started. If you're not subscribed with us at hogsports.com, it's time to go do it. Okay, like right now, we've got an incredible promo going on. There's no better time, no better time to do it. If you're a Razorback fan, your basketball team's going dancing. They're in, All right? The baseball team's ranked number two in the nation. They just beat three top 10 teams over the weekend. Football's on the rise. Go to hogsports.com and check out our latest promo. It's good stuff, okay? So for a limited time, we're offering, it's, it's a rare promotion, Okay, it doesn't happen often, but if you sign up for an annual membership at hogsports.com at 50% off and you can get commercial-free CBS All Access, which is about to be rebranded into Paramount+, Plus, which is a really cool new streaming service. Okay, It's a great deal. Also, if you already subscribe, if you're a monthly subscriber, you can upgrade to our annual subscription at 50% off and still receive that commercial-free CBS All Access at no charge for life of the subscription. It's a really good deal. Go to hogsports.com. You'll see the exact same thing that we've got put up here with the image. Click on that. It'll give you all the details and take you exactly where you need to go. Okay. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of this Razorback thing right now? You know, you've got Sam Pittman and Hunter Juracek frisbee tossing whoppers, cheeseburgers at the students before the game last night. It's a good time. Good time to be an Arkansas fan. All right, Arkansas basketball, I mean, wow. You know, Arkansas, Alabama, you got number 20 versus number six in the nation. It's number one versus number two in the SEC. You think about the first game, Alabama took round one in a blowout, 90 to 59 it was. Okay. Wednesday night, Arkansas returns the favor in a big way, 81 to 66. That was incredible. I, I was blown away watching that, and this this isn't some – fanboy kind of reaction. I've played the game. I've coached the game. I've lived it. What Arkansas did last night was really, 
really impressive. First top 25 matchup in Bud Walton since 1998. That's crazy to think about, first of all. Got the win. Eight-game SEC winning streak. That's the longest since 1994. You remember that year? I do. So last night, Arkansas holds the SEC's most prolific offense to 66 points. Alabama shot 37.7% from the field. That ain't good. Against the number two team in the country in terms of defensive efficiency, that's what Alabama was. Arkansas scores 81 points. They shoot a very efficient 46% from the field. It's good stuff. The Razorbacks were more physical. I thought they were more poised, especially down the stretch. Executed at a higher level on both ends. They flat out took it to Alabama. And Alabama's good. They're really good. I think that's a team from a talent perspective that there's no reason why they couldn't make a run, a deep run in the NCAA tournament. I'm talking Final Four type of talent. I tweeted it at one point last night when it was a one-point game that, you know, no matter what happens, that this game was a heavyweight bout. Both of these teams are for real. They are. Arkansas basketball has arrived. They're here. Anyone that's still stuck on, you know, oh, yeah, they beat Missouri, but Missouri didn't have Jeremiah Tillman. Arkansas still hasn't really beat anyone. Time to find something else to complain about because they did last night. It was a good game. It was a lot of fun to watch and to take in. You know, Arkansas got up double digits in the first half, came out really fired up, but, but you knew Alabama was coming. Right? I mean, they missed their first nine threes. It's, it's just a matter of time before those guys heat up. They're good. Good teams make runs. And they did. <laughs> I mean, there at the end of the half, Jordan Bruner, the center who, who just came back from injury, he hits four threes in three minutes to cut it to one at halftime. That was a little bit deflating because the Hogs, I thought, were really good in that first half. And all of a sudden, one, one guy gets off for just a few minutes, and boom, they're right back in it. That's what Alabama does. That's what good teams do. They strike quick. But I, I thought Arkansas's one-on-one, man-to-man defense was excellent. Alabama got very little easily throughout the course of that game. You know, even despite Bruner's run there at the end where he, you know, he rattled off 12 points in three minutes or whatever it was, you still, especially after the first half when you went to Alabama, you take a one-point lead against a team like that going into halftime all day, 10 times out of 10. At any rate, it, it did change momentum, though. Alabama had a little bit of swagger and a little bit of momentum going into the half, coming out in the second half. And they did come out on a quick 7-0 run, to start the second half, all of a sudden, Arkansas is down six. It's 45-39. Muss has to call a timeout with 18 minutes left. And, and really, that's, that's kind of the danger zone, right? When you play top ten teams like Alabama and, and they put a run on you like that, they get you on the ropes, they were smelling blood. The Crimson Tide were coming for the knockout punch right there. That's what they've done to teams all year. But how did Arkansas respond? Well, I tell you what, if you had Jalen Williams' post-ups on your bingo sheet, please come collect your prize because that's exactly what they did. Arkansas starts dumping the ball in to the big freshman on the block. 
He's flexing some muscle inside. He scores eight out of the next nine points, puts Arkansas back on top. They never look back from there. What a job by Jalen Williams. I was really impressed by that. He's better offensively than he gets credit for. And it's starting to show. And that's one thing that Arkansas has been missing is having that guy that you can just dump the ball into on the block that can go get you a bucket. He's still a little raw. He's still got some work to do. He's capable. And when he became a threat, that made Alabama adjust. And all of a sudden, they were trying to front him. They were bringing down doubles. It opened up things for everybody else offensively, even when he wasn't scoring out of that. Kind of what they did with Vanover against Missouri, getting him involved in the post. Nice job by Jalen Williams. You know, After Arkansas called that timeout, at the 18-minute mark when, when they got down by six there, they outscored Alabama 42-21 to the rest of the game. That's dominance. Absolute dominance. It was a little disappointing uh, to, to see a little bit of a black eye put on the game literally with one minute left. That was wild, especially in person when we didn't have the, the announcers to kind of tell us what was going on. But... Uh, you know, Alabama's John Petty, Arkansas's Jalen Tate, both ejected from the game. Listen, Petty is an incredible player, uh, one that I love to watch. He's a pro. There's no doubt in my mind that he's a pro. But I was a little disappointed in the way he acted during the game. He got, he got one tech about midway through the second half. He, he thought he got fouled after Justin Smith blocked a dunk attempt. Dude. Your first mistake was trying to dunk on Justin Smith. Okay. I mean, he was gesturing to the crowd the whole game, gesturing to the Arkansas bench the whole game. In fairness, the crowd and the bench were probably giving it back to him. They may have even, you know, incited it a little bit. But you got to be better than that. You're a senior leader for a top 10 team. You got to let that stuff roll off your shoulders, a little bit more composure. Anyway, he gets tossed there late. Um, and then he, you know, he kind of takes a sweet time leaving the floor. He's he's talking to the bench. You know, it, it was just kind of a mess. During the melee, Jalen Tate winds up getting tossed too. Now, you know, maybe he was defending his team or his coach. Maybe he was running his mouth. <laughs> you know, uh, Moses Moody went on record in the press conference saying, "Hey, Jalen Tate was talking to J.D. Note, not the officials and not Petty." And so, so I, I I don't know what happened there. I wasn't on the bench, but. You know, what I, what I will say about it is, uh, I mean, Tate had already gotten one technical foul over the course of the game. And so, so the eyes were already on him a little bit. So even if he was caught, you know, saying something to a teammate or, or whatever, uh, he was already being heavily scrutinized because of things that happened earlier in the game. That's two seniors. It's, it's emotional. Both teams have a lot to play for. It's a physical game. I understand, you know, frustration and things like that. I like a little trash talk too, personally, but you got to harness it a little bit. We don't need a 10-minute delay and a bunch of technical free throws and things like that. And, and really what was the biggest win in Bud Walton Arena in a long time, and, and certainly the Eric Musselman era. Oh, well, doesn't matter. Hogs win, right? There's, there's no celebration, no cutting down of the nets for Alabama, which they would have done with a win. They would have clinched the regular season title in the SEC. I have to wait a little while now. Arkansas shot 43 free throws. <laughs> That's an insane number. 
They'd make them at a very high clip. They shot 43 free throws. Alabama shot eight. I could see how that might tick off a lot of Alabama fans. I've seen a lot of it on social media. Uh, that's a big disparity. It is, but it's fairly legit. First of all, the, I'm not really a guy to you know, jump on the officials, but those guys were hacks. <laughs> those, those, they were not good on both ends of the floor. Um, you never want to see officials make the game about them in a game of this magnitude especially. But at the end of the day, Arkansas was just, they were more relentless. They were more on the attack, getting to the rim. Arkansas only shot 14 threes. They were really aggressive, getting inside, drawing contact, and getting to the line. And then you also have to consider, of those 43 free throws, how many of them came off technical fouls? How many times did Alabama foul a jump shooter on, from the beyond the three-point line? And then how many of them were there in the last you know minute or two when they were trying to shorten the game and, and get back into it? You have to foul down that stretch. So I think that 43 is a little bit inflated. And, you know, if Alabama's mad that they only shot eight free throws, maybe you should have stopped chucking it from three. I mean, they shot 31 threes. So Arkansas had 11 block shots. That's a lot, <laughs> isn't it? That's a lot. You know, really just some, some really impressive individual performances. I mean, you go, you go up and down that stat sheet – Justin Smith, double-double, right? Here we go. 11 points, 12 rebounds. That's really good. I really like the 12 rebounds there because Muss has said over and over how he feels like as good of a rebounder that Justin Smith is, that he could and should be even better as a defensive rebounder. He's one of the best offensive rebounders in the country. He got five last night, but to add seven on the defensive end, that's huge. That was huge for Arkansas. And, you know, to add on to that, there were a lot of times where he might not have secured the rebound, but he tipped it back out to a guard to regain possession or to get him going in transition. So it's almost like he got several assists for rebounds. Very active. He was a huge difference maker. He played 39 minutes. Had a couple, I mean, ridiculous dunks, right? So if anybody is concerned about, you know, his explosion after the ankle surgery and things like that, I would stop worrying about it because if, if he's still missing something from his vertical leap, I can't imagine. He could probably jump clear over the backboard. I mean, he, he really took flight on a couple of those. It was fun to watch. Moses Moody, I mean, 24 points. He looked like a pro last night, in my opinion. Now, you look, you look at his field goal shooting, 25%, 3 of 12. It's not good. But he was 2 of 5 from 3, 16 of 19 from the free throw line. That's Mason Jones stuff. That is, that's Mason Jones stuff right there. Drawing contact, getting to the line, knocking down your free throws. I thought he did a really nice job when, when Alabama was crowding him, trying to run him off the three-point line. Hey, fine. He was taking guys off the dribble, getting into the lane, and you know, not necessarily converting every time, but he was doing his job. Getting to the free throw line. 24 points. Played some great defense, I thought. Three blocks and a steal. Jalen Williams, we talked about him and what he did in the post and just the impact he made. You know, he finished with 13 points. I think that's a career high. Eight rebounds. Taking charges again. That's just what he does, right? Taking a bunch of charges. 
JD Note was really impressed with Note because you know with him you've got a guy who was one of your leading scorers for a, a large portion of the season, right behind Moses Moody in the scoring column. He probably still is. But as the team has evolved, his role has started to decrease a little bit. His minutes have started to decrease a little bit. And he's had a few games where you know, he's played 10, 12 minutes, hasn't really made much of an impact. So for a guy like that who, who transferred in and, and started so strong, you know, it could be easy to get in your feelings a little bit, have your feelings hurt, and then not perform when you get the opportunity. He was the opposite. He was clutch last night, and he was really efficient. I didn't feel like he forced a lot of things, which is something he usually does, but had a dozen points, 12 points, had two big threes. I mean, hit him in big moments. Only two of five from the free throw line, you know, could improve there. But, uh, you know, to come in after having, you know, a little bit of being in a little bit of a slump, a little bit of a struggle, and, and to do what he did, can't ask for anything more out of Note. You know, Jalen Tate, aside from, you know, getting ejected there, he, he played a really efficient game. I mean, five of seven from the field, 12 points. He had four rebounds, four assists, four blocks. He's starting to figure out how to time up those blocks if, if guys drive on him. That's what you got to do. You're 6'6". You've got so much length. So nice work by him. Three turnovers. Eh, and he had six against Alabama last time. So much improved. Much improved. Ethan Henderson deserves a big shout-out. Now, he only played seven-plus minutes. right? But he came in. He got a big basket. He scored a big bucket inside, soared up for some big rebounds, had some block shots. He really gave Arkansas a lift down the stretch of the first half. When when Williams, I think may have may have been in a little bit of a uh, little bit of foul trouble and came out. Vanover, not a good matchup for him. We knew that coming in. Turned to Ethan. Here's the thing. Ethan hadn't played since the Mississippi State game. That was on February second. That's three weeks ago, since he even entered a game and he played one minute in that game. If I'm Ethan, I'm going into this game against, you know, the number six team in the country. I'm chilling. I'm the number one fan. Coach ain't putting me in. There's no way I would have been ready to go in there and perform the way he did. But he had a better mentality than I would have. And when his number was called, he went in, he produced, and he gave the team a lift. Didn't have his feelings hurt. He went in and got the job done. You know, Devo was in a little bit of foul trouble. Not a little bit, a lot of bit. I mean, that, that really impacted uh, the effect he made on the game. I mean, he scored. He hit the first bucket. He got an and one. So he, he had five points there, uh, which was nice. When he was in, I mean, he definitely made his presence felt. The team was plus 15 with him in the game, and, and he only played 19 minutes. But a little bit of foul trouble hampered him. I thought early on that he was in line for a huge game and probably would have been without the foul trouble. Vanover, we mentioned, you know, he played a little bit better, I think, this game than he did the last time against Alabama. That's just such, that's such a tough matchup for him. I can't fault him for that. I mean, 7-3, we, we know he's not the most fleet of foot guy in the world, and, and to keep up with a team that's so fast in transition that attacks you with five guys on the perimeter at all times, what are you going to do? He had a big dunk, had a big block, but they were they were kind of taking it to him, you know, driving at him, attacking his lateral quickness. 
I'm not sure LSU is going to be a great matchup for him either, but he's he's going to continue to have a big role on this team. Hey, every now and then there's going to be a matchup like there was last night against Alabama, but uh, he's definitely come a long way for the team. You know, at this point in the season, you take a look at, at the SEC standings and, and, you know, all the teams and everything that's gone on from – you know, managing what's been a difficult time with, with COVID and the gauntlet of the season, you know, the uncertainty with scheduling and everything like that. In my opinion, and again, it's not it's, it's not a bias because I cover the team, but I really believe this. Eric Musselman's the SEC coach of the year. What he's done with this group, I think is incredible. And you go from from last season in year one having you know your tallest starter in in the lineup being six six to losing Mason Jones, losing Isaiah Joe, losing Jimmy Witt, and you you come into this year with eleven new faces on your roster with all these other challenges that you wouldn't have in a normal year that we talked about, and then to figure it out the way they have you know, winning eight straight league games to get to this point a top twenty team nationally, I mean. Find me a coach in the league that could top that. Sure, I mean you can point to Nate Oates at Alabama. Listen, like I said, they're awesome. I think that's a really, really good team, and the job that Coach Oates is doing, it's it's fantastic. If he wins the award, good for him. I mean, you can't argue that, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But you know, he started with some some pretty solid building blocks this year, right? I mean. John Petty and Herb Jones both came back to school, first of all. Those guys are pros. Like Musselman said, that's like Mason and Isaiah both coming back and then adding pieces around them. Could you imagine the Arkansas team if that happened? So are they exceeding expectations? Alabama, yeah, maybe so. Are they wildly talented? Yeah, they are. So I definitely think Musselman needs to be in that conversation. I mean – I saw an article, I can't even remember what I was reading it from this morning that, you know, had Oates as the favorite, had Mike White as the other guy in contention, didn't even mention Musselman. That's a crime. <laughs> I think he's doing a great job. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, 
feels like, or looks like, the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're taking a look at the big picture. Listen, the hogs are in. Okay, period. They're a lock. And, and, I've, and I've felt that way now for probably a couple weeks. But I didn't want to say it because there was always that chance like, oh, well, you know, they could they could kind of fall off the cliff a little bit here. They could lose this, the Florida game. They could lose the BAM LSU. If they lose out, they might be in trouble. Doesn't matter now. Doesn't matter. I, I, I really believe that Arkansas could lose to LSU this weekend, South Carolina, and whoever at the SEC tournament they're in. Yeah, I think you're playing for a seed at this point. That's a marquee win over Alabama last night. And it shows in the metrics. I mean, jumped up to number 21 in the net. That's 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 really good. Jumped up to 16 in Ken Palm. So I, I really do believe Arkansas put the stamp on the resume by beating Alabama. Indianapolis, here we come. Book it. Now you're playing for seeding. And it's interesting. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were looking at it going, eh. I don't know, they're kind of on that last four in or, you know, first four buys or whatever when these bracketologists come out. Oh, yeah, 10 seed, 11 seed. Look at them now. I think they were pretty solidly around that six seed range going into that game against Alabama. I mean, you got to at least be on the five line at this point with more opportunities to build the resume. You think about the metrics, you think about the national ranking and the spotlight they're given now, it's a really good spot to be in. And then you look at the SEC standings, man, it, it, would, it sure would be great to lock up that number two seed. And that's what, in my opinion, makes this LSU game on Saturday incredibly huge. We'll, we'll talk about them in a minute. Before we do, though, I kind of want to address the elephant in the room, which is this, these postponed games that are being piled up. And and what what is the SEC going to do in terms of these makeup games? They've got the built-in date, the Saturday after the regular season ends, next Saturday, where they're going to supposedly add a game for everybody because everybody besides Georgia is at least one game down at this point because of postponements. How are they going to make those decisions? So, I mean, we're supposed to find out by the end of the week. So we'll know soon. But but all we know right now, Saturday, March 6th, that's kind of the designated uh, makeup day between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the SEC tournament on the 10th in Nashville. Uh, you know, Georgia is that they're the only team that's on pace for that 18 league or 18 game league schedule right now. Most everyone else is only a game or two off. Arkansas is two games off. South Carolina and Vanderbilt are, are a little bit further off pace. Texas A&M hasn't played, you know, in a month. 
first of all, I'm look, I, I'm not here to crap on Texas A&M, okay? But do I think it's kind of suspect, suspect maybe that they've had half their league schedule wiped out and, and, and haven't been able to knock this thing out in a month? You know, when you, you kind of take a glance at their football stadium or, or baseball over the weekend and it doesn't seem like they're, you know, really following the social distancing guidelines and everything like that, like everybody else. I, I mean, I think that's a little bit suspect. It's irritating, but I don't know what's going on over there. You know, at the end of the day, I just hope those kids are healthy and safe. You know, I, you get frustrated when something like this happens, but look, I guarantee you, Texas A&M, the players on that team, they want to be playing. They would, they would much rather be out there on the floor competing, playing the game they love, whether they're good or not. They would rather be doing that. But talking strictly basketball, uh, this whole situation sucks for Arkansas, okay, uh, to have missed out on those two games with Texas A&M. And look, nothing is guaranteed, I understand that, but that was probably going to be two wins. Hey, I mean, you, I think that's fair to say. You got a, a top 20 team in the country and, and a team that has really struggled this season, the top of the league versus the bottom of the league, Arkansas would be favored to win both of those games. Okay, so probably a pair of wins. Now, could you imagine, Arkansas is 10-4 and four in the SEC right now, could you imagine how you'd feel as a Razorback fan if Arkansas was sitting at 12 SEC wins going into this LSU game? Okay, Because then, you lose, it doesn't really matter. LSU is 9-5. and five. This would be a little less tense going into it. With a loss, you'd still be in second place. And, and sure, you can look at it and say, well, you know, other teams have missed games with A&M, not just Arkansas. This is true. A lot of teams have. But again, LSU, the team that we're talking about right here, that, that you're getting ready to play for control over second place in the conference. So, I mean, if, if LSU beats Arkansas on Saturday, they're tied again, but LSU would hold that tiebreaker with, with the season sweep. So it's an important game. But LSU has already played and beaten Texas A&M twice. So, so they padded their record with those games. I'm not saying it's unfair because you can't control it. It just, it just stinks for Arkansas. It's unfortunate. So in, in my opinion, now, I mean, you better take care of business and go beat LSU and South Carolina to, to close out because there's really no telling who the hell they're going to add to your schedule. For next weekend, I was hoping we'd find out before the show. I mean, I think it's going to be today or tomorrow is what I've heard. There's no guarantee at all that Texas A&M is even going to be good to go by then. Or if they're even going to play at all. We don't know. Their game against Missouri this weekend is already called off. And if they do play, you know, again, how do you determine which games make up? It's not like A&M is going to make up 10 games in six days. They'll probably play one or two. Do you get them for one? Maybe. I mean, does that even do you any good? I guess I guess it, to play them, does it do you any good? I, I think it depends on, you know, the way you look at it. I guess on one hand, you could handle your business, pick up a win if, if you get A&M as the replacement game, and, and that could elevate your seating for the conference tournament if you're in that position. You know, and we don't know what the next week's going to hold. But depending on what happens over the course of these next two games, that could be the difference in 
you know, being number two and three in the conference, which really doesn't matter in, in terms of the SEC tournament, could also be the difference in four or five, which is an extra buy in Nashville. So, I don't know. It could be a big deal. I mean, on the other hand, big picture, playing Texas A&M does nothing for your NCAA tournament seating, resume. I mean, really, if, if you slip up and, and have an off game and lose, it could hurt you and, and maybe drop you down a line. But the the crazy thing to think about for me, I've been racking my brain about this, what if you don't get A&M for the makeup game? Then you got a number of options. Some are good and some are not so good. Okay? And, and that's why I think it's a good thing that Arkansas is in that lock status now because at this point it's kind of like whatever, you know, bring it, whoever it's going to be. But the options, if you don't get Texas A&M, you could get a home game. And what I'm sure they would do is they're not going to pair teams up for a third time. And so that takes Alabama, uh, LSU, Auburn, and Missouri off off the list. They're not going to pair you up a third time. So it's all those teams you haven't played twice. Right? So you could get a home game with Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, or South Carolina. It could be interesting. Probably won't be South Carolina because you close the regular season with them. I doubt they'd put you in a back-to-back. But having an added game with, with Kentucky or Tennessee coming in, that'd be pretty cool. If, if it's Vanderbilt, I mean, you'd think that's a game that Arkansas could win, although I, I think they've been playing a lot better lately. Or you could get sent on the road. I don't think any of those matchups would be particularly fun. I mean, you could get sent to Gainesville and go play Florida. You go to Georgia, who, who's playing a lot better since Arkansas whooped up on them a month ago. Um, or you could go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State. I don't know. It's really it's pretty it's it's wide open, right? A range of really tough matchups versus really winnable games. Some that you look at and you're like, ah, eh, it doesn't excite me. Others that you look at and think, cool, that'd be a lot of fun. It'd be really interesting to see what the SEC does. You would think that they probably want to do whatever they can to get as many teams as possible into the NCAA tournament, right? That's kind of what I think they might do. I think right now the SEC has probably six teams that are very safely in. If you think Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Florida, Tennessee, Missouri. Although Missouri has really been sliding lately. But if, if you take a look at that bubble conversation, really the only team in it right now is Ole Miss. They've been playing really well lately and, and kind of starting to they're starting to generate a little bit of traction there. They just finished a sweep of Missouri during their midweek. So would they send Arkansas maybe out to Oxford? I don't know. It's fascinating stuff. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. We should know by the next show what happens. But you got to take care of LSU first. That's next on the agenda. I mean, we were trying to get, you know, Coach Muss and we had Moses Moody and Jalen Williams in the in the postgame press conference last night. We we're trying to, you know, we're just, we're just handing it there to him for the taking to give us some good quotes about, you know, the NCAA tournament possibilities. Nope. Not happening. That this team is locked in. Anytime we tried to take a look ahead, is nope, LSU. LSU's next. LSU's next. Worried about LSU. And honestly, I love that. 
total focus. Those guys think about it. They think about playing in March Madness. But their mindset's right where it needs to be. So in comes LSU. And look, you always worry after a huge win, an emotional win like last night was against Alabama, that you're kind of due for a letdown in the next one. You see it all the time. And teams know that going into the game. Sometimes it, it just happens. It's just kind of an emotional letdown. My hope for this game is that because of the significance, you're playing for outright second place in the league, and you're probably a little ticked off because LSU kicked your butt last time. I hope that that letdown doesn't happen. We'll see. You know, right this moment, LSU is sitting 14-7 and overall, okay, uh, but 9-5 and in SEC play. So they're one game back of Arkansas right now. Again, we, we said if, if they win and, and tie Arkansas in the standings, they'd have that tiebreaker. So this game Saturday, cool. Battle for second place. It'd be exciting. They got beat up on pretty good by Georgia on Tuesday in their midweek. It's somewhat of a surprise, but then again, it's not. For one, Georgia plays LSU really well. They did earlier in the season, right before Arkansas beat Georgia by 30, uh, they had taken LSU to, to overtime in Baton Rouge. So I guess it's just a good matchup. It's a good matchup for them. Um, also, it's not that surprising because LSU is just so inconsistent as a team. I mean, you see them playing really, really well. Like they played really well against Arkansas the first time, and you see them getting blown out in these random games. You never really know what to expect from them, but they're wildly talented. That's for sure. As much as we'd like to forget that first matchup, I mean, we all remember it. LSU, they destroyed Arkansas. Arkansas was in a bad place at the time. They're in a completely different headspace now. We've, I mean, we found that out last night. But uh, first game, final score was 92-76. to 76. That really wasn't indicative of kind of the beatdown that they, they put on the Hogs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you remember, Arkansas started okay. They, they got up 7-4 to four or whatever early. But then LSU put that 40-6 to six run on them. And it was a wrap. So, it's a, it's a really it's a very winnable game for Arkansas. If if I was asked to make a prediction, uh, I mean I'd I'd probably go with the Hogs. Yeah, but this game does worry me, uh, just because of the matchups. Now, I mean LSU's got obviously some really talented guards. The freshman Cam Thomas, you know I, I think he's he's probably going to be the SEC freshman of the year. I really like what Moses is doing, and I think Arkansas has the better team right now, but the numbers Cam Thomas put up are, are ridiculous. It's hard to argue. Uh, they do have that the veteran guard, Javante Smart. He's an all-SEC caliber player. Here's the deal, though. In this game, not taking away anything from the talent that these guys have, but neither one of them matter. Okay, I don't think LSU is better than Arkansas. I, I just think it's a really, really bad matchup because of two guys. Trenton Watford, Darius Days. These two dudes have killed Arkansas in the past. They killed them in the first game. Both of them had double doubles. Watford had 23 and 10. Days had 18 and 13. They play the four and the five, but they're both really guards. So again, you think about guys like Connor Vanover, that's a really tough matchup. It's a tough ask out of him. I do think Arkansas is in a better spot this time around. For one, you're at home. That matters. Secondly, you have Justin Smith, back and healthy, 
who can take one of those guys probably completely out of the equation. I'd probably put him on Watford if it was me. The issue is the other guy's still kind of lurking around, and, and you got to figure out what that answer is going to be for Arkansas. Uh, I'm sure they'll give Vanover a shot to, to see what happens there. And I think in short spurts, he can be effective. And you got to keep in mind, LSU will go to the bench with some guys. I mean, if they bring in maybe a Josh LeBlanc, uh, you know, some of the other uh, bigger forwards that they use in, in short spurts, I think that's when you, boom, right away just pop Connor in there and let him make his impact. But when they go with their normal five, and it's Watford and Days at the four and five, that, that's just a hard ask, especially if you're trying to go man-to-man. Uh, I, th- I think the best option is probably Jalen Williams on Days. I think Jalen's quick enough to to contest him out on the perimeter, and, and Days isn't a guy who's gonna, you know, shake and bake you off the dribble out there. He's he's strong, um, and he'll kind of rip and go and try to bully his way to the rim if he's not shooting a, a catch and shoot three. Uh, well, Williams is strong and he's bigger than Days, so I, I think that could be a good matchup. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of that. Hell, I mean, after what we saw from Ethan Henderson against Alabama, maybe he gets a, a quick look in there at times. But but that's the key, is, is to figure out how to neutralize Watford and Days. And if Arkansas does that, I think they can win. I think they can win going away. I like I like Jalen Tate on Javante Smart. I, I think that's a that's a pretty good matchup. And honestly, I would I would take, you know, Mr. Energizer Bunny, Devo Davis. And I would have him in Cam Thomas's shorts for 40 minutes. Unless he fouls out of the game, he's, he's guarding Cam Thomas every second to match his intensity. I think he could frustrate him a little bit. It's a matchup I wouldn't mind seeing. I'll say this too. If, if Arkansas does get this win on Saturday and you go 2-0 and this week against Alabama and LSU, they're, they're in line for a big-time jump in next week's polls. I mean, you'd be sitting at 19-5 and five overall, 11-4 and four in the SEC, with second place pretty much locked up. Wins over Missouri, Florida, Alabama, LSU, so the good wins are starting to pile up. And they're sitting at 20th right now in those late AP polls. There's been at least five teams ahead of them that have lost already this week. they got another game to play this weekend. So I think Arkansas could definitely make a little, little bit of a, a run up the polls if they're able to get it done on Saturday. I hope they do. You don't want to get swept by LSU. Beat those guys. Got to beat those guys. Okay. Looks like we got some questions and comments today. Love it. See what you guys have to say. Jason Bell says, Woo Pig Suey from Hot Springs, Arkansas. I like it. Yancey Long says, I'm elated we won for sure, but we all know that if the shoe was on the other foot and, oh, I got some stuff rolling off. I lost I lost your comment. Okay, let me get back here. Sorry. Sorry about that. Hunter Martin says, shout out to Desi Gaming on Twitch for live streaming the baseball games last weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I watched it on Flow Sports, Flow Baseball. That was an experience, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, man. That was an experience. Marquise Martin says, Woo Pig Suey from Arlington, Texas. Did you go to the games over the weekend? 
John Dexter says, our defense is becoming elite with the emergence of Williams. There's a lot of salty Bama fans out on social media. We attacked the rim, and they threw up a bunch of threes. That's why the free throw attempts were so different. I, yeah, I agree to that. I, I mean, look, at home, sometimes you're going to get the benefit of some calls. And so is that disparity pretty large? Yeah, it is. But, you know, like I said, Alabama settled for a lot of threes. They probably could have and should have shot some more free throws. But I do think Arkansas's numbers there were skewed a little bit because, well, uh, Alabama was forced to foul down the stretch to put Arkansas at the line so they could give themselves a chance. And then all the technicals, and, and then you got to stop fouling three-point shooters and send them to the line for three. I know they did it to Jalen Williams. They did it to Moses. I'm pretty sure they did it to Moses at least once. Stuff adds up. John Oliver says our defense is top 25 as well. Solid team all around and getting better. Yeah, the defense is really impressive. They've come a long way. They've come a long way. I mean, they gave up. You think about this week and the earlier portion of the schedule. I mean, they gave up, what, 92 to LSU and 90 to Alabama. We held... Bama to 66 last night. What are you going to do to LSU? If you keep them down that range under 70 or so, you got a good shot to win. MP Rich says, do you think there will be repercussion over Petty's action from bumping the ref walking off the court? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I, I mean, I think if they can, they can show that it was – intentional and demonstrative and I haven't seen the replay again I was there live so I, I only saw the live action so far but yeah, I mean if they can prove that there's some intent behind that he could be in some trouble no doubt John Dexter says I'm not going to lower my level of excitement because we took the fight to them around the rim yeah yeah I mean I, I don't I don't think the free throw disparity doesn't change how I feel about the outcome of the game. I mean, Arkansas, first of all, they didn't shoot well the free throws that they did take, right? So, I mean, what is it, 27 of 43? That's not really a good percentage, first of all. Um, and then then second of all, you still won by 15. All right, so it wasn't all about the free throws. Tim Eskew says, hey, Kurt, I found it interesting that Ethan Henderson got some valuable minutes. He played well. Seemed like a random substitution, but I'm assuming it's a byproduct of how he's looked in recent practices. He must have earned an opportunity. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Like I said, you know, if, if, I was in, if I was in Ethan's position, there's no way I would have been ready to play. <laughs> uh, you know, there was some foul trouble there, you know, towards the end of the first half, and then also – you know, like we mentioned, with, with it not being a really good matchup for Vanover, I think at that point I probably still would have expected Must to go with Vance Jackson there before giving Ethan a shot just because, you know, Ethan's barely played. Like I said, he hadn't played in three weeks, and he played one minute then. The last time, the last time Ethan played more than two minutes in a game was the first time they played Alabama in that route. He played 15. So... Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was good that he was able to come in and provide an impact like that, uh, because you know for a guy who hasn't seen game action to step into that type of atmosphere against that type of opponent, uh, that could have turned south pretty quick. He did a, he did a really nice job. Josh Gar says, "Where is the Desi Seals from last season?" Yeah, I, I think he's still battling that shoulder injury, um, and I think that's impacted his his shooting. 
to the point where we're really not even seeing him attempt that many threes. I mean, he had he had a couple looks last night that I think normally Desi would take. I know he didn't score a point in the game, and he only played 10 minutes last night, but I liked what I saw from him. And it might sound strange, but he seemed a little more assertive, I thought, and a little more aggressive. Uh, and he had he just had a little extra pep in his stuff. He kind of he kind of looked like himself a little bit. And I I know the stats don't show that, but maybe it's a sign of, of something to come and a sign of something that he can build on. Because you know if Arkansas is good as they're playing right now, you still wonder if they can take it up to another level. And I think one way they can do that is is to get a guy like Desi going to give even more pop off of that bench, to handle you know situations where you do have foul trouble with, with guys like Devo, who's in foul trouble all night, Tate got in foul trouble uh, there in the second half. Well, J.D. Note stepped in and did a really nice job for you last night. On some nights, that needs to be Desi. And we know it's in there. Hopefully he gets healthy, gets that confidence back. We've seen it before. I, I think at some point he's going to have he's going to have a breakout game to a degree. Maybe something along the lines of what J.D. did last night. Sam Temple says, sorry I joined in after five minutes, so I didn't see if you already answered this, but what do you see our ceiling as in the NCAA tournament? Sweet 16 possibility. Love your content, Kurt. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words there. Uh, No, I I haven't really talked about that yet. I I think right now, uh, going into that Alabama game, Arkansas was kind of sitting on that 6-7 seed line based on whose projections you like to look at, uh, I, I think they probably move up to that five line after this. I think they've earned that, and especially if they're able to pull off a win on Saturday. Um, in terms of the ceiling in the NCAA tournament, it's it's all about matchups. You know, whether you're a five seed playing a 12 or a 12 seed playing a five, uh, you know, really outside of, the ones playing the 16s and, and kind of those really stretched out overmatched games, you expect these things to be tight. These these teams have earned the right to be there. So it's hard to say without looking at a bracket, but in terms of what Arkansas does well, uh, I do think this is a team that could win two games and break that streak and get back to the Sweet 16. I'm not going to guarantee that. I'm not going to call it until I see the bracket, but they're putting themselves in a good spot. Because you might be in a position now where you've avoided that 8-9 game, which means you don't have to play Gonzaga or Baylor uh, in the second round. That's kind of what Arkansas has been stuck on the last few appearances they've made. They've worked their way out of that significantly. Because if you get up to a 5 seed or a 6 seed, well, then you should have a favorable matchup in your first game. In the second game, you're playing a 3 or a 4 seed someone that's much closer to where you're at in the rankings. So, so then you kind of like your odds a little bit more. So I think the more they handle their business down the stretch here and continue to, to elevate their way up, you know, I, I think there's an avenue there, especially if they continue to win games here, depending on who gets added next weekend to the schedule, they could creep onto that four line. And then you're in a really good spot. So we'll see what happens there, but... Yeah, I mean, Sweet 16 possibility, of course. You just beat a Final Four caliber team. No reason to think that you can't do that in short order with a coach like Eric Musselman that prepares opponent-specific game plans the way he does. On the flip side, you worry about 
if you run into one of those bad matchups for a guy like Vanover and you kind of have to go away from what you're good at, what you're doing, well, what gives me some comfort is that they ran into that last night and they still found a way to win convincingly against a really good team. Trenton Johnson says, do you think last night's high will affect us on Saturday? Talked about that a little bit. I could definitely see it happening. It, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if it did, but like I said, I hope because they know how important this game is with LSU playing for outright second place, uh, that they're ready, that they're ready for it and that they can avoid it. John Oliver says, wish we had those two A&M games. We'd only be one and a half behind Alabama if we had won both. Yeah, that's, that's true too. Actually, you would have closed in more uh, on first place there. I didn't think about that. Joey Moses says, if we beat LSU by 20, we will jump to top 10. I'd love to beat LSU by 20. I don't know if they get all the way to top 10, but like I said, I mean, there's there's at least five teams in that group from 10 to, to 20 where Arkansas is who've already lost once this week. And I can't imagine, you know, if you beat Alabama and LSU, I can't imagine anyone in the country having a better week than that. Jerry Kessinger says, bring in Tennessee. That'd be fun. I think that's another one of those games that Arkansas wish they had back. You know, even without Justin Smith in that game, they, they played Tennessee tight. I mean, if you remember in the last minute, Jalen Tate had that, that it was either to tie or to go ahead three-point attempt. Vance Jackson had one right before that, and those shots rimmed out. So they had a chance to win that game on the road, and at the time, Tennessee was rolling. They've, they've kind of been – they struggled a little bit as of late, especially offensively. I wouldn't mind getting that rematch in Bud Walton for sure. John Oliver says, wouldn't surprise me with Kentucky and Florida on a run to close season, trying to get a bid if we don't get one of them. Yeah, true. Michelle Rava, there she is. Texas A&M should play at least one with Arkansas since they missed both. Uh, some teams they may have played at least once. You know, if I was in charge of making that type of decision, maybe they should put you in charge. That that's a really good point. Uh, you know, if you if you take a look at Texas A&M's games and who they've been canceled with, well, I, I know that they've they postponed two with Arkansas and two with someone else. I can't remember who it is. So you would think, you know, if that's the case, then those teams would would kind of get the the makeup games there at least one that's a good point we'll see again we don't even know if texas a&m is going to be able to get back on the floor time's ticking we know they're not playing on saturday you, you literally have one other opportunity i don't know if they play tuesday or wednesday for the midweek but then i mean if they haven't gotten back out on the floor by then can you can you even add a game and assume that they're going to be able to play a makeup date I don't know. Yancey Long says they'll give us the hardest game possible. <laughs> if it's anything like the football scheduling, that's a fact, isn't it? Josh Gar says bring the hardest game. We want the smoke. I, I, I don't think they're going to shy away from it right now, which actually reminds me. I'm glad you said that. Uh, you know, when that Texas A&M game was postponed over the weekend, we remember Musselman going on record saying, hey, you know, we got approval from the SEC to bring in a non-conference opponent. We're going to try to find a game. Obviously, that didn't wind up happening. It's not going to in short notice like that. But I thought it was really, really interesting 
something that Musselman said last night is that shortly after he told the team, hey, we're going we're gonna to try to find a game, Justin Smith came in to the office and said, Coach, unless you can get us, you know, a big-time opponent, somebody that's going to come in here that's, you know, expected to win their conference, you know, a marquee matchup, we don't want to play. We want to get ready for Alabama. So it was either bring us a big-time team or let us get ready for Bama. We don't want a game just to play a game. And I, I, thought, I thought that was really interesting, um, especially for Musselman, who he doesn't care. I mean, he would have played – a high school team probably if they would have come in there but that's just kind of the mindset this team has right now they they want the best and they're playing their best let's see uh john ellison says arkansas should win the sec and the ncaa tournament if we keep this play up Woo, big suey i could see him winning the sec tournament why not they beat pretty much every team at least once at this point, except for what Tennessee and um, and LSU. You got a shot at LSU here. I could see him doing it. NCAA tournament? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'd love it if it happened. Joey Moses says Williams and Smith inside, playing playing like they have. Oh, makes Arkansas a tough out for anyone they play. If they play LSU like they played Alabama last night, they will destroy LSU. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, those two guys might be the key. Jalen and, and Justin, Garden, Watford, and Days. If you can shut those guys down and limit them, Arkansas is going to be in a really, really good position to win that game. I'm not saying you can't beat them if, if Watford and Days play well. But if you shut those guys down, you're going to be all right. Corn Price, did you talk about how good Henderson played? We did. We did. He was impressive. John Oliver says, 3 p.m. today, SEMO, Wu Pig Sui. Yeah, how about that baseball team? Three top ten wins to open up the season down there in Arlington. You beat three Texas schools. I know Arkansas fans love that. It was good. Lineup's not even clicking yet. They, didn't, they really didn't swing it that well, I don't think, over the weekend. But the arms look great. Brandon Huckabee says, what a game, man. We played with more heart for sure. Yeah, that was a determined Arkansas team. No doubt about that. They won that game in a bad way, and they frustrated Alabama. Michael Jane says, go Hogs from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Happy to see all the teams trending up. How's the weather in Fort Walton Beach, Florida? I can't complain about the weather here in Fayetteville. I did for a while. Last time we were on here, the you know the wind chill was negative ten. I think we had two days this week that were over seventy degrees. That's crazy. I love it though. Bring on spring. Bring it on. Russell Roy says, "What a free throw disparity." I guess you take the home cooking and munch. We'll take it. It's about time. Yeah. No kidding. Even if it was egregious, I think you take it. Arkansas gets the same treatment on the road. So, Philip Warren. Oh, no, Joey Moses says someone needs to practice free throws. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this wild free throw drill that, that Musselman has a team do in practice where if you 
you miss, you wind up having to do some push-ups or wall sets and things like that. And uh, it's it's a drill that I don't I don't think the team necessarily likes, but uh, they sure remember it. And uh, you know, it's something that's helped them in the past. They've talked about because Arkansas has been a really good free throw shooting team all year, and they struggled last night. I bet they're doing that drill right now, as we speak at practice. Phil Bourne says, "Hard to argue." with what we're doing, but do you think Moses Moody is underutilized? Um, not anymore. I, I thought maybe maybe a little bit at times where you think you maybe could run a little bit more of the offense through him or, or run some sets for him. They did a lot of that last night, and they put him in a lot of isolation situations, let him attack, um, you know, put him, in, put him in positions where he'd get to his spots and create. That's about – that's about the type of usage you want to see from him. I think what he got last night. Let's see. Got some replies here. Charles Hemmen says, uh, I think one A&M game should be a forfeit. I've seen uh, some forfeits over on the West Coast, but I think that was in a situation where I think it was New Mexico or New Mexico State where they actually had enough players to play, but they chose not to. So they were forced to forfeit. I don't know what you do if, if A&M's not able to come back from that. But we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon. I, I think we, we should have our answer again at least by the end of the day on Friday. Les Rissner says, watch out for Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Yeah, they're starting to play better, aren't they? Really, it looked like they had kind of turned a corner in that Arkansas game. And Now, Arkansas still beat them. But I, thought, I thought Kentucky did a lot of good things in that game. They looked good in that game. They did, To me, Kentucky didn't look like a 5-13 and 13 team when they were playing Arkansas on that night. That win looks better and better every day. It really does. But, yeah, they'll be one to keep an eye on because you know they're supremely talented. They're long, athletic, they defend, and if, if they shoot like they shot against the Razorbacks, they, they could beat some teams in Nashville. Philip Warren says, do you think we should shut down Desi for a while uh, to try to just let him heal instead of letting him play here and there? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess when would you shut him down, though? You know, I mean, you've got a week left in the regular season. Um, you know, maybe if you, if you pick up the win on Saturday and then, you know, if he's really feeling the effects, I, I don't know for sure uh, that that shoulder injury is still bothering him. I, I'm assuming just kind of based on the way the shot looks and, and things like that right now. But, um, you know, maybe then that South Carolina game, he could take some time off. I, I don't know. Or, um, you know, maybe then he doesn't play in that makeup game. And you give him, you know, a full week or, or more than a week almost before the SEC tournament. And then you get him back at, at 100% if he needs it. That's an interesting thought. Michael James, it's sunny in 75 over there, huh? Good for you. It's, still, it's a pretty nice, pretty nice for opening day here in northwest Arkansas. I think it's probably mid-50s, a little windy. Sun's out, though. Lance Lindsay says, what up, Kurt? Long time, no see. What's up, bud? It has been a long time. Do you think this could possibly be an Elite Eight team and with a little luck, a Final Four team? Yeah, again, you know, that's asking a lot, but 
at some point you do have to look at it and think, I mean, once you get up into that top 20 range in the country, you start to get in that conversation more and more. And I, I think Arkansas is probably going to be in line to move up next week. And then, again, it's all about matchups. If you get in the right bracket, you know, with a coach like Musselman and a team that, that's pretty versatile in the ways that they can play, and that's another reason I like this group come tournament time because they've proven they can win games in different ways, right? So they can, they can run and gun and, and score 90 points and beat you. They can slow you down and, and grind it out, a, a sloppy, ugly game. You think about the Ole Miss game or the Mississippi State uh, game, and, and, and they, you know, they can beat you. Some of the different game plans that they use, you know, what they did against Kentucky and Missouri to beat those teams where they were kind of begging them to shoot threes to take away other things and found ways to win. Then they completely reversed course against Florida and ran them off of the three-point line because they're such a good shooting team to win that game. So the way Musselman makes those, those adjustments that are so game plan specific, you can never count an Arkansas team out uh, when they get into the NCAA tournament. So, uh, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I, I, I expect this team obviously to make it. I think they're going to win at least a game this year. I, I just, I got a good feeling about them. Anything after that, we'll consider it icing on the cake. Josh Gar says, Wu Pig Sui from Emporia, Kansas, 43 here today. It's not bad. Not bad for late February. And Joey Moses says, hold sills out until the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it, again, if, if he needs the time, you know, if that thing's really bothering him, uh, you know, I think a, a healthy sills for the postseason is certainly a better idea uh, than having a, you know, a hurt one that's not able to help you. But, you know, if, if he is healthy um, and it's just, you know, a confidence thing and just trying to establish his role now that Devo has really emerged the way that he has, uh, then you just got to keep working through it. Regardless of what's going on, you, you just wish the best for him. Such a good kid. He, he's been really an integral part of the program for, you know, it's his third year now. Um, and you want to see him have success. But the good thing is the team is having success and he's loving it. You know, he only played, what, 10 minutes or so last night, but his reactions in the game, after the game, interacting with the crowd, you know, the way they did after the win and, and getting them involved in, with calling the Hogs, that was awesome. And and he was right in the thick of it. And, you know, so other guys who aren't playing, so was Vance Jackson. He was jumping up and down, dumping water on Muss's head in the locker room, celebrating. So these guys are bought in right now. They're bought in right now. And, you know, there's no better time to be clicking on all cylinders the way Arkansas is. Okay. Looks like we made it through most of your most of your questions and comments there. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Great stuff, Arkansas basketball. You know, I think this is what the fan base has been waiting for. You feel like you've been knocking on that door for such a long time, and now they appear to be busting through. Still, a lot of basketball left to be played, and that's exciting because for a lot of teams. Season's about to be wrapping up, and it's about to be done. Arkansas's got a lot more to play. All right. LSU game this weekend. It's 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock game from Bud Walton Arena. Make sure you tune into that. And then we'll have uh, the South Carolina game is going to be on Tuesday. 
next week, which means this show is going to be on Wednesday. And so we'll always hop in there after that. And so at that point, you know, we'll be, we'll be recapping what's going on. Hopefully we know who Arkansas is playing over the weekend if they're playing anybody, but we'll, we'll take a look at that. Uh, man, the SEC standings and, you know, previewing the NCAA, or the NCAA tournament and the SEC tournament for that matter, but uh, going to have some good stuff coming up here pretty soon. Exciting time. Again, uh, one last reminder about this great promo that we're running. Hop over to hogsports.com. Take a look at that. If you're not a subscriber already, you might want to consider doing so because it's a really great deal. I think we still have a few days on that promo left. All right. Appreciate you guys. Like always, uh, love the interaction, love the feedback. And, uh, hey, we'll be back with you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.